and we ran out of buckets and toolboxes to sit on. And so uh, this is during COVID. COVID ended. We were allowed to meet in the break room without the shields, right? So we're in the break room. More people join. And uh, in a, so it's like six, seven, seven of us. And so me, me and my friend come like, hey, man, like, we should like start praying people. And so we're like, yeah, let's pray for people. Like, he's like, where? I'm like, in the shop. He's like, during work? I'm like, yeah, during work. <laughs> and so we're praying for uh, next to be healed and then get healed. We're, we pray for uh, uh, this one guy was like, hey, man, my ex-girlfriend put a curse on me. And he was like dead serious about it. And I'm like, all right, dude, like, are you a Christian? He's like, oh, like, I grew up in church. That wasn't the question. You know, like, are you Christian? He's like, no. I'm like, like, all right, dude, I'll pray for you, but that can only go so far. Like, you got to accept Jesus, man. And so he's, like, coming back and forth with us. Some other guys, what are you doing over there? And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, we should read the Bible. He's like, he's like, here? I'm like, yeah, here. <laughs> it's crazy. People, people are just blown away. People who have never heard the gospel are hearing the gospel. People who have never read scripture are reading scripture. And, uh, it's really easy. I, I don't have any, like, step-by-step formula for you. <laughs> I don't have, like, a system. It's just a willingness to follow God at work. Come on. Hugo, Hugo, how old were you when you feel like the Lord called you to be an evangelist? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. You mean the Lord's never said you have a calling about it? You just started sharing the love of God. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's easy when, I don't know. I love it. I'm just, I don't know. It's easy. I'm just with you. <laughs> go ahead. I don't know. Because um, my encouragement is just go for it. Like, Come on. if you want to see others be transformed, uh, just be like, hey, man, <laughs> do you want to, you know, follow this path with me? And a lot of people say yes. Come on. All right. Thanks. All right. I don't want to steal all your thunder, but I, I just... That's like an eight, nine, ten month testimony. And the son, when he started eating afterwards, he was like, I just love the guy that was like cussing up a storm, playing heavy metal at his, at his station. Starts slowly, like not coming for a little while, and then, and then really comes. And then before long, he, they find out he, was a, he used to go to a vineyard church in his life. And then just, his music changed. His, he starts sharing the gospel with other it's, Anyway, it's, it's an ongoing thing. I want him to update us. Um, how you guys doing? Can we get the lights on? I, we don't need it all dark yet right now. Um, we got my good, good friend. Um, can we do the offering announcement? And then we'll just jump on. We, just, I, we have stand up. We didn't do it last week. On your feet. On your feet, you larvies. All right, some of you guys don't know, some of you do know, we've been doing the declaration, this uh, offering declaration. We don't pass the buckets, there's a bucket in the back, um, and you give online, and it just doesn't feel as faith-filled to hit a button, and to have you hold your phone up doesn't feel as exciting. So we need, I needed something for us to grab our, our, put our faith in, and so here's some, a beautiful declaration that we can partner our giving, our finances, our offering with, and to see the Lord do great things. You ready? And remember, if you... If, you, if you're not loud enough for me, for Jesus, I mean, um, I'm going to make you start over. All right? You guys ready? All right, let's do this. As we give today.
be fed. Come on, let's give him, just give him praise. Uh, all right, um, my voice is completely gone because August won his championship game. And now they're playing for regional playoffs. I'm so proud. But I am not a quiet person on the sidelines. <laughs> um, I mean, is there anything else we need to do or say? Thanksgiving was amazing. It was just fire. It was wonderful. Thank you guys for coming. If you missed it, you were, you were missed, and I know it was probably for a good reason, but I just, we just love you. Um, let's see here. We got, um, the only, I, no, I mean, we got, if you guys know, we got Dan Moeller coming February 23rd and 24th. So if you didn't know that announcement, it's a crazy story how it happened, but it's the Lord, and so he's coming um, 23rd and 24th. Um, that's going to be crazy. Um, what else? I think that's, what's that? February. Yes. Yes. You guys are doing a family, like, empowering conference. And that's next Saturday, are you right? All right, so can we just raise your hand, reach your hand out to them right now. I don't want to miss this opportunity. These two, if you don't know them, they're like secret agent, like 007, Mission Impossible. They accepted the mission it self-destructed. These guys, they're the real deal. And, and they just, they are doing a full-on conference in their, in their area. I think it's out in Orange, Anaheim area, right? And um, anyway, they're just, I, I want you to just begin to pray right now for them. Pray in tongues if you don't know what to pray for. Just begin to pray abundance over it. Pray that they have all the finances that they need. Pray that they have all the transformed souls that they need. Just begin to pray for people to find it, to go there. It's during our church service, so it's tougher for us to go. But I don't want to miss this chance. They are doing the mission of God that he's built in their lives. Father, we love them. We bless you guys. Carlos, Veronica, Angel, um, Esther. We bless the whole family. We bless them in fire and in strength. I pray that, that, uh, that everything they do would prosper, Father. Everything they do. God, I pray for all the guest speakers that are coming I pray for the Spirit of God to fall. I pray they'd make us all jealous with how powerful you show up in their place. Absolutely. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. All right. If you want to go, love on them. If you want to sow finances into their hands, just go ahead and put money in their hands. Um, it's just a good idea, you guys. Go ask them if they need any help, if they need any resources. That's what family does. Um, Anyway, that's it. I'm going I'm to stop here. I get to introduce an amazing uh, friend. Uh, just, I say guest speaker, but that just falls short. Um, but I say, you know, Andrew, his, um, he'll, he might share his story, but I met Andrew. He came, him and his family, uh, his wife and your team actually came to Presence back when we were at a mansion at the nightclub. And um, I, I loved them because they were one of the few people that was planning a, like, sold-out, spirit-filled church at the time. And then back then, there wasn't a whole lot. And so it was just exciting to see people, see the spirit catch in Orange County even more. And so um, they, they've just been running. Um, and he he's now lives in Australia. Uh, he is just, he's got stuff to share and show and stuff. I'm not going to steal his fire. But he is an evangelist. And I just want to encourage you guys, just what he's going to share it, it, 
I, I, brought, I asked him to speak here on purpose because I know that what our church carries needs what he carries. Let me try that again. I, I like the, I, some, a little bit of clapping is dangerous because then I'm like, yeah, like we should, come on. What our church has, he has what we need, right? Just say, that, say this after me. Say, I need what he's going to share. What he has, I need. It's going to change my life. Say, God brought me here for a reason. It's not an accident. <laughs> All right, come on, let's just, can you stand with me and just, just honor Andrew, he's a great man of God, we love him, and he's one of those people that you get around him and you're like, oh, you, you do the whole thing, you do the family thing, you do the, the kingdom of heaven thing, it's just, I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Oh, that's a joy. Oh, you don't need it. Oh, wow. It's a joy to be here. Um, thank you, Jesse and Jessica. It's such an honor to be here. And uh, I actually, as was mentioned, first went to Presence OC uh, when it was at the mansion, or I believe it was a nightclub, is that right? Back, it called the mansion. There you go. And, um, and I visited here recently just to receive and just enjoy. Jesse and I went out for amazing tacos and Somehow I find myself in California again and again. The interesting thing is my wife and I, uh, which I'll show you a photo of my wife in just a moment and my kids. Actually, we can bring that up now. We'll, we'll, you see my beautiful family is going to come up on the screen. Boom, there they are. Um, so that's at a, at a crusade or we call them gospel festivals because of the countries we work in. That's a gospel festival in Indonesia that we did recently and my family was there. So that's my beautiful wife, Joyce. And my son, Sean, in the middle, the oldest. And then my beautiful daughter, Abigail, and my amazing son, Evan, there. And um, we actually, Abigail was born in Irvine. So we planted a church here. And we, had a, we have a huge heart, actually, for California. And it's, it's a joy to see a few familiar faces um, from back, back in those times, actually here tonight. So... Uh, yeah, I just feel honored to be here. You know, God is a God of second chances, and He doesn't forget what's in your heart. I actually burned to see California saved. I believe that what happens in California affects the entire planet. I know that because I travel all over the world. I've been in a different country or multiple countries every single month, uh, all year this year. And um, I tell you what, when you go around the world, it doesn't matter where you are, you see people wearing LA caps, you see people wearing t-shirts, say things like Huntington Beach or Santa Monica, and you can be in the middle of nowhere Africa and someone's wearing a t-shirt that says, you know, California. And you think, man, how did a state become a brand? You know, the whole world is watching what happens here. And I want to encourage you to hear who is given much, much as expected. You might say, how's that an encouragement? You get to be a part of shaking the whole world for Jesus if you choose to. And so it's just a real honor to be back. And I love that the Lord, even though uh, we're not living here anymore, the Lord would still uh, use us every now and then to spark a fire in this beautiful place. So 
I actually, during worship, I just stood at the back of the room and I came to the front and I just felt like the Lord gave me a few little words to share, if that's okay. Is that good? Can I share a couple of words? If you don't know what a word is, it's basically when you feel like God's speaking to you for someone else and sometimes you can get it wrong. <laughs> so the only way to learn, just, you know, if, if you've ever tried to learn a, a different language, the only way to know whether you've mastered a different language or whether you're getting there with the pronunciation of words that you've heard in your studies of that language is to open your mouth and to try. And so don't be afraid to try. And if you get it wrong, you just go, oh, well. When my kids were, were learning to speak, it wasn't like they'd come up to me and say, wawa. And I'd say, wawa, how dare you, you stupid child? It's water. Or if I'm in America, it's water, you know. I would never say that to my child. I'm just like, wow, they're learning how to speak. Wow. Did, did, did you hear that? I say to my wife, did you hear that? Our son just said, wow. You know? And so the Lord actually delights to hear you co-laboring with him and trying and giving it a go. Don't be afraid if you make mistakes. You'll learn and you'll get sharper. All right. So I actually felt for this uh, lady here in the white top, I don't know your name, what's your name? Kelly. Kelly. I just felt the delight of the Lord over you, just that the Lord just loves you so much, you bring him so much joy, and you know, um, there's actually a scripture that says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and I don't know what's going on in your, in your world, but you there's something about your life that attracts the presence of God. He just loves you so much and he is he's so delighted in you. So God bless you, Kelly. You're amazing. Wow. Um, uh, the lady here, who's actually a um, uh, fender for Jesus, is sitting next to you. Um, what, what was your name? Sorry? Bailey. 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 Um, I just, I felt like almost the wrestle at times around uh, joy in this season, that there maybe been some challenges, and, um, and I just felt, just to remind you of the goodness of God, that Jesus comes to bring life and life to the full. It's actually the devil that kills, steals, and destroys, but Jesus comes to bring life and life to the full, and I believe as you focus on Jesus, it's almost like a rose bush, as you focus on the plant, you see the goodness, but if you focus on the thorns, you see, you know, the potential for pain, and the Lord's just saying, focus on me, because he's the giver of life, he's the giver of good things, and there's a, there's a joy that's going to bubble up in your life in this season. I don't know if that makes sense, but he really cares about you. Bless you. Wow. Um, uh, oh, the gentleman in the shirt here that that I wanted to argue was purple, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It is purple, all right. I just, I saw you during worship and I felt the Lord just speak this word loyalty and that God sees you. He sees your loyalty. He sees your heart and he's loyal to you. And, you know, he sees uh, the faithful acts that you do in secret that other people don't know about and he just loves your loyalty. All right, I've got a dear friend here tonight, his name's Chris Cohen, and uh, I just 
love this man, believe in him. He's incredible. He's sitting up the back there. That Chris, I was just behind and, and I, I had this word uh, that the Lord was about to shoot you up like a rocket and that there's actually disciples for you as well. And the Lord will prepare your launching pad. You just make sure you have the fuel. The preparation's already underway and it's that firm foundation. And I know in the natural that you've been a bit transient, but I feel like the Lord's building, I don't know where it is, but he's actually preparing right now. He's got the crew on the ground saying, we've got to get this foundation ready because there's a rocket about to take off and it's your life. And I actually see that, I see disciples. You carry something that other people need to kind of catch and, 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 and follow, if that makes sense. So God bless you, Chris. Um, is this okay? I know I'm not preaching yet, but maybe I'm speaking to someone. You know what I love about words when you hear words is sometimes it's like it's for someone, but you realize it's also for you, if that makes sense. Because why would the Lord want to, want to give like a public word? He gives public words so that the body is aware of it, you know, so that you can either, you know, get around someone and be like, Chris, come on, man, tell us what's on your life. You know, I heard, heard this guy say this. I was in a church recently. We, my wife and I run our own ministry. It's called Fire and Rain International Ministries. When I say my own ministry, it's not really mine. It's the Lord's. But we run a ministry, which means we have to fundraise. We have to, you know, it's, it's like running a business, really, at the end of the day. If, if we don't get donations come in, I don't get paid. For those of you that are like business owners, sole traders, you know what it's like. It's like if the phone doesn't ring, you don't have money, if donations don't come in. And um, we're in a church recently and we were like, you know, we're always kind of living a bit on the edge. And this prophetic guy gets up in the morning and there were two services that day in the, in the daytime and at night. He says, someone's about to give your ministry $100,000. And little did he know there was a lady in the church that morning whose husband had recently died and, and she was awarded $100,000 um, from some sort of case or insurance. I don't understand it. And she said, I've got that $100,000 and I want to give it to you. <laughs> and... And so that went into our ministry account, which helped pay for that crusade that you just saw, et cetera, et cetera. But words are released in public because often the body needs to get involved. The body needs to know, if that makes sense. All right. Um, lastly, before I get to my message, sorry, I will preach in just a minute. Um, Jessica. It is Jessica, isn't it? I keep tripping out about the Jesse and Jesse car, and I'm like, but you must have had that your whole married life. So um, I actually had a word geyser. Do you know what a geyser is? A geyser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got this word geyser. And, um, and I felt the Lord say, get ready, it's the season. And so I looked it up because I'm like, what's a geyser? We don't, I, I don't think we have have them in Australia, we might, but it says, a geyser is a spring characterized by an intermittent discharge of water ejected turbulently and accompanied by steam. As a fairly rare phenomenon, it's the, uh, the formation of geysers due to particular conditions that exist only in a few places on earth. And uh, in short, what happens, rain falls 
this is what I'm reading on Wikipedia, so if you're a scientist or whatever, you know, help me out, but Wikipedia is apparently pretty accurate. So, rain falls and then it forms a pool which hits magna and then it begins to boil to a point where it just has to get out. Like, there's so much um, fire that that water has to explode out and it comes up and it says here that a geyser's eruptive activity may change or cease due to ongoing mineral uh, deposits within the plumbing or an exchange of functions with nearby hot springs, earthquake influences and human intervention. And I have no idea what's been going on in your world, but I feel like there's maybe been some disruptions that have come, maybe even from, I don't know, other people that you know, would call themselves Christians, they're meant to be on fire, whatever, other hot springs per se. Um, but there's been like deposits in life that have not been beneficial for the flow, if that makes sense. And I just feel the Lord saying, get ready, it's time. This is the season and there's going to be an unblocking, there's going to be an eruption of the glory of God in your home in particular. You're going to see the fire of God fall and... and um, yeah, I, I, I actually, during worship, I was like crying, writing the word, because I felt so strongly that the Lord wants to bless your home, and He wants to move through your life, and in an incredible way. I don't know whether you've written books, or whether you've, you know, there's something, but there's, there's like a, an, it's an unlocking season in your life, and just get ready, and the thing with a geyser is sometimes it can be, seem very unsettling because it is like an eruption but then there's steam you know and and that's like what I saw was like the disruption and then the glory of the Lord following you know um and Jesse I saw a picture of you toiling faithfully with shovel in hand um almost like digging this hole you know getting ready for what's to come but what is about to erupt is a supernatural explosion of the glory of God. And I feel that prayer is vital in your home in this season. And it was kind of, it was quite funny because <laughs> it was like you'd been digging all day and I saw you like resting on the shovel, like that'll do. And then over here, just boom, and you go, whoa. And it's supernatural, you know, it really is a supernatural thing that's going to happen. So if I just released a word um, over you right now, can you just stand, just if you don't mind, those that, that just received a word, and those around them, just lay, lay your hand on them if you can, um, just you stand up, move around, you know, we just pray. Father, we thank you that you, your promises are yes and amen, that you are faithful to finish what you began, and we just pray that these words that have been released would bring fruit in Jesus' name, that we would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We would see just that reality of your delight, that reality of being launched, that reality of you being near, that reality of an explosion of glory, that reality of your loyalty, of your ability to see in, in secret what we're doing. I thank you, Lord God, that you are speaking, that you're moving, and I pray tonight you would move in power in Jesus' mighty name. Seal it, Lord. Amen. Oh, all right. You can sit down. Um, I've got a quick video that I want to show you of a recent gospel festival that we did in Indonesia. And so uh, I'm going to show that and then I'm going to 
do my best to preach. Hallelujah. Let's see. Did we get that video? I can hear the sound, so I know it's somewhere. So uh, we did this gospel festival in, uh, it was in Indonesia, and the city is 50% Muslim and 50% Christian, and the first two people met came up to me, they said, I'm Haji so-and-so, and I'm Haji so-and-so, which means I've been on a pilgrimage to Mecca, and um, means they're like pretty serious, and they said, we're here for our miracle, and you would not believe the miracles we saw. How's that video coming along? I can kind of, it's, they're working on it. All right. Um, so, yeah, just a, a little bit about myself until that video comes up. Yeah, I am an evangelist, but I, I loved what was shared before. When did the Lord call you to be an evangelist? You know, I believe that we're all actually called uh, to be evangelists to some degree. What do I mean by that? When Jesus was about to ascend to heaven, he had a gathering of his disciples and he said, therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. What he didn't then just do is say, except for you, you're a woman, except for you, you're a man, except for you, you're too young, except for you, you're too old, except for you, you're shy, except for you, you're an introvert, except for you, you're too young. You know, he addressed the entire crowd that had gathered and gave them the mission of going into all the world. So we're actually all called to make disciples, and when someone's not yet a believer, <laughs> that means you have to introduce them to Jesus first. So let's just uh, watch this video really quickly. Thanks so much. Is it going to come up? Let's see. Yeah, it's just uh, loading. Hallelujah. All right. Very good. If you click on the bottom right, it should make it full screen. No, it won't. That's all right. I feel very privileged. I feel like I have the best job in the world. Um, 
The only thing is the job didn't exist before I just stepped out and did it. <laughs> and um, so funny, I, I used to lie in bed and as a pastor and I would Google search evangelist jobs. And the only evangelist jobs are like for Google and Apple and they're called tech evangelists. But uh, no one seems to hire evangelists these days. Um, but I'm telling you, we need, we need evangelism because the world needs Jesus. We are living in serious, dire times, and our world needs the gospel. I want to start with a story. My little boy, he's 10 years old, and he loves to read books. Does anyone else like to read books? Yeah, a few people. Yeah, some kids here that love reading books. I loved reading growing up. And, you know, in Australia, we, we are known for our animals. Am I right? You, you know, crikey, mate, isn't she a beauty, you know? And... Uh, we have these dangerous things. What are they called? They're called snakes. snakes that's right. And these snakes uh, will kill you if they bite you or they'll seriously injure you. And my son was out. I was doing an evangelism training and my son, Sean, was outside reading a book, having a good old time. And I was inside doing my evangelism training with a, a group of young evangelists and all of a sudden, the manager of the campsite where we were holding this retreat for evangelists, he says, uh, we need to lock the building down. I said, okay, why is that? She says, there's a, a brown snake just outside on the footpath, and it's, this, you know, it's a big snake, and if it bites someone, it could kill them, so we need to lock the building down. I said, okay, wonderful. And as a dad, of course, the first thing I think is, where's my family, because they were with me. I'm looking around, can't see my son, Sean. And, but I just say to the lady, just out of interest, can you tell me where the snake is? And she takes me to the window of the auditorium we're in, and she says, the snake is right there where your son is. And my son is engrossed in his book. He's got no shoes on his feet. It's a warm day, and he's just walking along, reading his book. Well, of course, as a dad, I run outside and I see him and I say, Sean, run to me, run to me, run to me now. And he's, he's lost in his book. But when he sees me and he sees the urgency on my face, he realizes, and he can hear it in my voice, he realizes he needs to start running. So he runs to me. I grab him, hold him in my arms and bring him inside. And he says, Dad, you scared me. What's going on? I said, son, there was a snake at your feet and you didn't even realize. And my friends, I'm here today to tell you that we are living in serious, dire times. There is a snake that wants to strike humanity and kill humanity while they're distracted on this and their Instagrams and their Facebooks and their pornography and their Netflix, whatever it is, he can get you with their false religions, their pursuits of money and fame. The devil is seeking to take you out, and the devil is seeking to take the world out. And I'm here today to tell you we need to be awake to what is going on. I'm not here to preach a political message about all the agendas that are out there. We all know they're out there. But I am here to tell you we are in a spiritual battle, and the world is needs a savior, the world needs to hear the father say, run to me, run to me, but whose voice will he use? 
the scripture talks about how will they hear unless someone tells them? How will they hear unless someone preaches to them? And you know, I could come here today and I could say, and then the second verse is, and how will they go unless someone sends them and pass around an offering bucket and take all the money and go off and save the world? But my friends, I believe the Lord sent me here to say, who will go? It better not just be me. Will you go for the Lord? Will you go for the Lord? across the street, across the globe. I recently came back from Japan. In Japan, it is 100% legal to preach the gospel on the streets. You can set up with your speakers, with your microphone, you can hand out Bibles, you can preach the gospel. And I did not meet one other person preaching the gospel in Tokyo while I was there. And yet there are daily flights from LAX to Tokyo every single day. Oh, don't worry, I met a ma many tourists, lots of people having a nice vacation in Tokyo. But are they thinking about the souls in a nation that is 1% Christian? As I was talking to people, many that could speak English, they didn't even have a grid for who Jesus Christ was. They did not even know. I said, do you know who Jesus Christ is? No, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Now, if you feel a little disturbed as I share today, Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke once said, the evangelist's job is to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. So you may get a little bit disturbed today, but I, I promise you there's some comfort coming because I believe the Holy Spirit will move. And the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Why would we need the comforter if we weren't living an uncomfortable lifestyle? You wouldn't need him. He's called the comforter because we need to get a little uncomfortable. You know, as I travel around the world and I, I preach and I see just the most incredible things, the dead raised, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, people getting out of wheelchairs, just it's the greatest joy I minister in churches all over the world. As I talk to Christians, I say, how many of you believe that we should share our faith? So I'm just going to do another survey here. I want to get the, the California response rate. How many of you believe that the Bible would, would instruct us, that Christ would model to us and his disciples as well, that we are to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with those that don't yet know it? How many of you would say that is something that we should do? Okay, yep, most people in the room. Wonderful. How many of you regularly share the good news of Jesus Christ to those around you, that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, that he rose again, and that, that if they would believe and repent, they could have eternal life. How many of you do that regularly? I just wanted to check. Okay, wonderful. So there's a few that do that regularly, and that's, that's so special. Now, if I were to say to you, how many of you believe that we all need to eat to live? Can I see your, your, your show of hands? You, you have to actually eat food to live, yeah? Now, if I would ask you, how many of you regularly eat food? Can I see a show of hands? Okay, everyone regularly eats food. So our belief lines up with our action. And yet scripture says faith without works is dead. So we, we can have a faith or a belief 
that we are to share our faith with others, yet the vast majority of Christians don't actually do it. Now, I'm not saying this to condemn you. The devil is the condemner. We ain't partnering with the devil tonight. But if there's conviction, that's the Holy Spirit. The the Bible says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. So if you're not disciplined by the Lord, you're not loved by the Lord. A lot of people say, I don't want that hard talk. I don't want that, hey, I've had a hard week. I didn't come to church to listen to this Aussie tell me how we all need to go out and share our faith with the lost. (laughs) I just wanted the Lord to bless me. Bless me, bless me. Lord, not just for me. No, no, just bless me. Bless me, bless me, just bless me. But the gospel is good news when it's shared. We need to share the gospel. Now, when I ask people, why don't you share the gospel with people or why aren't you regularly sharing your faith, I get really three answers. Number one, I don't know how, okay? For those of you that would say, I don't know how, I would say, resource yourself. You just go on YouTube and just search, like, how to share your faith, how to evangelize, how to pray for the sick, how to cast out demons, how to, you know, it's all there. A great tool is three-circle evangelism, wonderful way of sharing the gospel. You can write that down, go home, YouTube, search, three-circle evangelism. You can get equipped. The number two reason people say that they don't share their faith is because it doesn't work in their own life, so why would they share it with others? And that is an issue of righteousness and understanding your position in Christ. Because when you know who you are, when you're in love, you want to tell everyone about it. I remember when I first got engaged to my wife, I'd be like, hello, uh, can I just get a coffee? Yeah, I'll get a latte and a cup of tea for my fiancé. Fiancé. My fiancé is in the car. It's for my fiancé. I'm just getting a cup of tea for my fiancé, everyone. Because I was so excited. Girls, am I right? When that, you know, for those of you that are married, and you know, when that ring first comes on the finger, it's like, um, yeah, I've just got to make a phone call. <laughs> Hello. I'm just talking to my fiancé. Because you're in love, so you share, you share about the one that you love. So for those that would say, oh, it's not really working in my life, I would say fall in love again. Understand your position. Know that you're righteous. Know that he does set you free. That greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And you, they ain't going to be able to stop you. You'd be like, what? I ain't going to the store with that man. He, now, he goes to the store and he just tells everyone about Jesus. Like, it's not, I don't shop with that guy anymore. He just, he's a Jesus freak. <laughs> and the number three reason that people say that they don't share their faith is because it's too painful to think of the lost. A friend of mine once said this to me, I was a pastor at this church, we had about 300 young adults, and I kept banging the drum about reaching the lost, reaching the lost, reaching the lost. 
And he said, Andrew, just stop it. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, look at us. We either don't believe what you're saying and what the Bible says, or we do believe it and we're all living in rebellion, but we're not going to change our lifestyle. So either you believe that there is a heaven and a hell and people will spend eternity separated from God if they do not come to him through Jesus, or you don't. And if you do believe it, it actually has to change our lives. We actually, you know, a friend of mine, he preaches a message called Disturb Me. He says, a lot of believers, we put a do not disturb sign on, you know, when you go to a hotel, you don't want them to clean your room, you don't want them to come in and see the fact that you just threw your underwear everywhere, it's not in your suitcase anymore. And so a lot of Christians, we put a do not disturb me sign on the door. We say, hey, I'm, I'm cool, each to their own. You're on your path, I'm on my path, leave me alone. But we actually need to flip it around and say, disturb me. Ask me about Jesus. And if you don't ask me, I'm going to tell you because I care about you. I was preaching, yeah, in Tokyo recently, and this young guy comes up, he sits next to me, and in English he says, what the F is this? You know, and, and so I turned to him and I said, are you okay? And he goes, I don't want to hear this religion stuff. Religion just causes problems. He's a young university student in Tokyo. And I said, my friend, let me ask you a question. If there was a house burning down and there was a firefighter next to the house and he did not turn the hose on but watch the house burn down with people inside, would he be a good firefighter or a bad firefighter? The, the man said he would be a bad firefighter. I said, my friend there and I, we believe that without Jesus Christ, you're going to spend eternity away from God. But with Jesus Christ, you can be saved, you can be set free, you can be delivered, and we would be terrible Christians if we weren't preaching the gospel on your streets right now. Because we believe that, you, that your eternity is as real as a fire in a home. But a lot of us, we don't want to go there because it's too painful or we're too scared. Fear of man is a huge blockage when it comes to sharing our faith. So what I want to do is very quickly, I know that was like a massive introduction and now I'll actually open the Bible and you know, I want to very quickly take us to some scriptures to encourage you that God can actually take you from where you are to where you could be. If you feel like this is just not something that I do, it's not something I'm comfortable with. A lot of people will say, I'm not an evangelist, you know. Um, but if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, and Jesus seemed to just spend a lot of time saying things about his Father. I've come to reveal the Father. So, if you've got your Bibles with me, uh, with you, read with me just very quickly. Are we good? Is this okay? Oh. I'm preaching to myself, just so you know. Just before I came here, I was sitting in my car, and in front of me was the beach, and I wanted to go for a swim, and behind me was a lady that looked like, let's, she just looked like she was experiencing homelessness, maybe had some demons, barefoot, you know, hair everywhere, had that tanned look of, I don't sleep inside or spend much time inside. And, and I'm sitting in the car, and I'm going, I want to just enjoy the beach, but she's on God's list. Because Jesus said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. 
She's probably got some sickness. She's a bit of an outcast and she's probably got some demons. And Jesus, the scripture says, uh, freely you've received, freely give. And I've received freely, so I better give. So I had to get out of my car and walk away from the beach instead of towards it. I need this as much as anyone in the room. It's very easy to say, oh, but like what you said, Todd White. Oh, well, that's Todd White. Oh, but you're Andrew Scarborough. You're the Aussie guy. Mate, you've no idea. Like when we did that event, I mean, I'm sitting on the plane going, oh God, help me. Oh God, protect me. Oh God, please help. You know, it rained for seven weeks before our event, every single day from 1 p.m. till 7 p.m. Our event started at four o'clock. Every single day bar one day for seven weeks until we got there. And then it stopped raining for four days, which was our event. Only over our field, by the way, there was a wall of rain right up to our field. People would say from town you could look and just see light shining down onto that field. It was wild. But I'm going, Lord, help. Lord, help. It's not actually easy to share the gospel, but it's vital. So... I just want to show you that you're in good company because the disciples were also in this situation, in this position. John chapter 20, verse 19, uh, talks about how Jesus had just been crucified and the disciples were doing what? You know, they were told to go out and to, to make disciples, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. So in honor of their leader who's just been crucified, they are hiding in a room. John 20, verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. So tonight I want to ask the question, what's the difference that makes the difference between being scared and locked in a room to getting out there and being willing to die for your faith, which if you know church history, most of the disciples ended up dying for their faith. So they went from, do not disturb, to disturb me to the point of death, I'm ready to share the gospel. What was the difference that made the difference? Jesus walks in, he says, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Just think about that. Jesus stands in their midst, says, Peace, peace be with you. He shows them, hey, it's me. I'm here. I'm with you. He says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Now, how did the Father send Jesus? If you want to know what the public commissioning of Jesus Christ looked like, you can actually read it in Luke chapter 3. Jesus is baptized and we hear a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son and he brings me great joy. When did Jesus bring his father great joy? Before he'd been to the cross or after? Before. Before he started some great ministry or after? 
He had not done any public ministry, yet his father says, this is my beloved son and he brings me great joy. Let me just say, we don't do evangelism to receive the approval of Father God. We got it when he knit us together in, his mother's, in our mother's womb. He loves you. He's for you. He approves of you. He validates you. He says, that's my son, and he brings me great joy. That's my daughter, and she brings me great joy. Before she wins a single soul for Jesus, I'm pleased with her. I'm pleased with him. So now the disciples realize the Father is for them. Wow. He breathes on them. They receive the Holy Spirit. Now they realize the Spirit is inside of them, and the Spirit is life. The Spirit is power. The Spirit is fire. And now they realize that the Son is sending them. And he says this, and this blows my mind. If you let this actually like pop in your spirit, it will blow your mind. He says, if you forgive people their sins, they'll be forgiven. But if you don't, they won't. What's he saying? You now represent me. When you stand with someone and say, Simon, your sins are forgiven. You're saved. Your name is written in the book of life. Praise God that today you decided to follow Jesus. Their sins are forgiven. Their name is written in the book of life. Your word is as good as your father's word. But if you don't, they won't be. So what do the disciples do? They go, whoa, hang on a minute. There's no plan B. It's, it's us or it's no one. I had a whole message about Elijah and the prophets of Baal and all this stuff I was going to share, but I'm just not even going to go there tonight because I actually feel the Lord really saying to hone in on this reality that the Father is for you, that the Spirit is inside of you, that the Son is sending you. Actually, what I'll do is I'll just paraphrase this story because it actually is really powerful. I'm just aware of the time. How many of you are familiar with the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal? So, yeah, quite a few. So we've got, we've got a lot of people that know their Bibles here. That's wonderful. The Bible is the greatest book in the world. I encourage you to read it all the time. And in 1 Kings, we have this situation where Elijah is confronted with total pure evil in the world. Ahab, this king, is ruling and he's the most evil king. And so Elijah confronts the king and he says that because of the evil, there will now be no rain. Because of the evil that Ahab and Israel, uh, they were following after Baal, this false god, there's going to be a drought. Basically, what he's saying is because of the spiritual reality, the spiritual condition of this nation, you will now see in the physical what's going on in the spiritual. We will now have a physical drought until I give the word. And it's interesting, for three years, three representing like death and new life, for three years there's no rain. And then a and then Elijah confronts Ahab. He says, bring me the prophets of Baal. I, he's going to set up a showdown. 
You call down fire on your altar, I call down fire on my altar, and whoever's altar the fire falls on, it'll be an indicator of who the true God is. And as most of you know the story, I'll just tell you what you already knew, know, the, the fire falls on the altar to Yahweh, but not on the altar to Baal. The interesting thing is, it's not for lack of desperation from the prophets of Baal. The, the scripture says they were literally cutting themselves. They were desperate. Oh, Baal, answer us! Answer us! But there was no life. There was no fire. And I want to tell you that there are teenagers all across this state right now with blades in their hands at this very second and they are cutting themselves and they are saying, Oh God, answer me! Answer me! Who will show me? Who will show me the purpose and the meaning of my life? And they are cutting themselves. And we have an opportunity to allow the fire of God to fall on our life, for us to have an encounter with Father God, to know that He's for us, to know that His Spirit is in us, to know that His Son has sent us. We have an opportunity to answer the problem. But the question is, will we call down fire on our own life? Will we believe it? Will we receive it? The disciples had a choice. They could have stayed in that room, but they went out full of his presence, full of his power. And as I was preparing for tonight, I really felt the Lord say, he delights in this church. I really, I really felt the delight of God. He loves the way that you worship. He loves the way that you host the presence. But it's interesting when Jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment, he didn't stop at just love God. He said, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's very difficult to love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself. That's why the disciples needed to know that they were being sent the way Jesus was sent, with the Father's blessing. I've become convinced as I've ministered all around the world that the number one uh, deficit in, in the body of Christ is spirit fathers. I don't know whether your earthly father or your spiritual father speaks blessing over you regularly, but in Jewish culture, they are constantly blessing their sons, constantly. A bar mitzvah, they put the son up on a chair. The father says, that's my son, that's my son, that's my son. When the, when the, the son comes into his 30s, often they'll do a, a I guess, a, a, a symbolic meeting. I don't know if you've heard of this, but... If I could get two volunteers really quickly, I want to show you something. We're about to finish. Are we okay? Yeah. We good? I could preach for another hour, but I, you know, I need to respect your time. Um, can I get two volunteers real quick? Run, run, run. 
Yes, one, two, thank you so much. All right, I love this. I love that you came up as a girl because, what's your name? Shamalka. Shamalka, just come over here. And your name? Carlos. Okay, I love that you came up as a girl because I'm called the bride of Christ and girls, you become sons of God. This is not a gender fluidity thing. This is a positional thing because sons got to represent their dad and that's why he calls it his daughters also his sons. Does that make sense? And brides get to fall in love with the bridegroom. That's why I get to be a bride. Does that make sense? All right. So, so what a Jewish father would do is he'd get his son. So let's say you're my son or my daughter. In, in Jewish, like in Jesus' times, it would just be the sons. But G- Jesus actually elevated daughters to sonship as well. Does that make sense? And the father would set up... Um, a meeting with a business associate. So, hello, how are you? Good to see you. Look, I've got this car. I'd like to sell it to you, or a donkey maybe, or a camel, you know, uh, $5,000. Are we good with that? And you say, okay, yep. And then the father actually steps back, and now he just gives his his child a little tap on the shoulder, and she knows she's going to shake hands with, with the businessman. You can go and shake his hand. And he just watches. Why? Because, because she now represents the father. She now represents the father, so her handshake is as good as his. And he actually, when, when they're coming into their 30s, the father actually begins to step back in the business dealings of the family business of the family, and now his son represents him in the business dealings. But they're his things that he's buying and selling, but... The handshake of the son is as good as his own. Thank you so much. Thanks. And the Jews knew this when Jesus was coming out of the water and the the spirit came and the word was spoken. This is my beloved son and he brings me great joy. So this is what we're going to do tonight. I believe that that the Lord wants to do two things. Number one, If you're here and you would say, I'm not right with God, you know, this is really nice, we're singing songs about God, you're an evangelist, you tell people about Jesus and you're telling me I should share my faith, but I don't even have a faith myself. I'm not right with God. You might go to church, but the reality is you haven't made Jesus your Lord. The Bible says there are two things you must do to be saved. Number one, you must believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for your sins. But do you know what? That is not enough. The Bible says even the demons believe. You must repent. And repent means to turn around and to follow Jesus. So if you're here tonight, the first thing I believe God would want to do, if you're here and you're not in right relationship with God, is say, choose to follow Jesus. Not just choose to believe. Many people can say, oh, I believe that stuff. But if you know you're not living right with God, you know there's some sort of sin in your life that you're not letting go of. You're not following Jesus. You haven't turned from your sin to give Jesus your whole life. If you know that you've not yet confessed Him as Lord and Savior, and tonight you'd say, I want to get right with God. I believe tonight is your night. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to invite you 
If you would say, I want a personal relationship with God and I want to choose to follow Jesus right now. If that's you, I actually want to invite you to come to the front right now. You say, man, that's like way confronting. That's a little bit too scary. But I do it because if we can't stand for God in the church, what hope do we have in the world? See, this is a family. This is a community that wants to support you and celebrate with you. So if you're here tonight and you say, mate, I've got to get right with Jesus. You wouldn't say, mate. I say, mate. You say, buddy, I need to get right with Jesus. If you're here, I'm, I'm being serious though. If you're here, this is life and death. And you say, Andrew, I need to get with God. Can you just come to the front right now? Because I want to quickly shake your hand. I want to bless you. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here tonight that would say, I'm not walking with Jesus or I've walked away and I need to come back. And you say, I want to get right with God. If that's you, just come to the front real quick. Just come to the front real quick. I was in a, in a church service recently. Come on, man. There might be others as well. He's so proud of you, and he knows why you're here. Hey, he knows why you're here. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. What's your name? Eric. Eric, he's got an incredible plan for your life. And out of the ruins, he will raise up something so beautiful. It's not over. The Lord's got something beautiful for you, okay? Something very beautiful. Is there anyone else that would say, I want to stand with Eric. I want to come. I need to get right with God. There's something that, that I just say, I need to be saved or I need to come back to God. If that's you, just come down because I want to give you a hug as well. And then you're good, Eric. Thank you so much. I, I don't want to like drag, I don't want to drag it out. But I don't want to miss it either. I was in a, in a church service last Sunday and I, I just would not stop on the altar call and in the natural, I'm like, just stop, Andrew, everyone's saved. <laughs> and then finally, this young boy sticks his hand up, and his sister gasps with shock, because she'd just gotten saved, and that was his first time in church. And now he got saved as well. So I always want to, even though there might be a lot of Christians here, I always want to give that altar call for salvation or to come back to God. All right. Now... If you call yourself a Christian and you say, Andrew, the fire is not falling on my life. If I'm honest, I need to know the Father's blessing. I need to know the Spirit's power. I need to know the Son has sent me. And tonight, you just feel in your heart that the Lord is saying, make a change. Like, like seriously, not, um, not like, oh, this is a nice emotional moment. But the Lord's actually saying, hey, I've actually sent you to wake you up. Like I've sent this Australian guy here and I sent you to this service tonight to wake you up because this is life and death. I was in a taxi in Indonesia, uh, once again in Indonesia, uh, a few years ago. And I was so sleepy, so tired. I just wanted to be left alone. So I had my eyes closed. It was two o'clock in the morning. We we're on our way to the airport. And the Lord says, speak to the taxi driver. I said, no. Speak to the taxi driver. I said, no, Lord, I just want to sleep. Speak to the taxi driver. Finally, I opened my eyes and I turned to him to say, to just say anything. And he's fast asleep. And we are going at about 
85 miles an hour across seven lanes of traffic and we're about to hit a concrete barrier. And I quickly go, how long have you been driving taxis? And he goes, ah! And he pulls the taxi around and our lives, life is spared, right? But if you're here tonight and the Lord's saying, wake up, this is life and death and you need to do business with God, I'm actually going to pray that the fire of God would fall on your life. But I believe there's three things here, and I'm actually going to mark them out. I've never done this before. But there's three things that, that people need to respond to tonight. Let's see. Oh. Number one, knowing that the Father is for you. So we're going to call this spot here the Father spot. And I don't know your story but a lot of people are living to please a father that's already dead. Literally, like you literally, you, you just wish your dad would come back from the dead and tell you he's proud of you. There's, there's a lot of people and, and maybe your dad's alive, but he's never blessed you. And I want to bless you tonight. I want to pray a father's blessing over you because we were designed to actually have a good example of Father God. Many of us don't. That's okay because he's still a good God. But I want to help you in your journey. And if tonight you say, I want a father's hug, I want some prayer, I'm actually going to pray for those of you that would say, I just need to know that the father's for me, that I represent him, that he's pleased with me. And you can come here. For those of you that would say, I need the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can move around tonight, I want you to come here. So, so actually, let's make it really easy for everyone. Father, let's do son here because, you know, there might be some Catholics in the room and, or just people that are familiar with this. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So I'll go, Holy Spirit, you just need the power of God in your life. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need a baptism of fire. Maybe you need, you, you just, you'll know. Like the Spirit will speak, be speaking to you right now. You've fallen asleep. I want the geyser to erupt. I want the glory of God to flow through your life. So that, the, over here, we're going to pray for people to just be filled with the Spirit of God. And right here, and I believe this is a very significant spot, this is where... If, I feel like the holiness of the Lord on this. If you know that, you, that the Lord is sending you, then I want you to come here. If you know that the Son tonight is saying, I want to use your life, and there's a call on your life, maybe it's to Japan, maybe it's to Korea, maybe it's to China, maybe it's to Israel, maybe it's to Costa Mesa, maybe it's to Huntington Beach, maybe it's to Irvine, maybe it's to New York City, I don't know where it is, but if there is a call of God on your life, maybe it's to your neighbour. But tonight you're going, I want to be sent. I want to be sent. Jesus is literally standing in your midst tonight because he is here. Two or three of us, we're here. He's here. And he's saying, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. If you'll forgive their sins, I'll be forgiven. If you won't, they won't. Who will go for me? The harvest is ripe. The laborers of you pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest. Will you go? 
So tonight, we're going to minister into the Father heart of God here, the sending of the Son, the power of the Holy Spirit. You can just come, fill a space, just jump out of your seat. This is an altar call. God's going to do ministry tonight. So if you, and, and you can move around. You can say, send me, Lord. I need the Father's blessing and I want the power of the Holy Spirit. Just move around. Um, I've never done this before, but I just declare right now that in this space, as you step into this space right here, you will have an encounter with the Father heart of God that will mark you and change you forever. So I ask just ministering angels, just begin to reveal the Father heart of God over these people. Begin to reveal, that's my son, that's my daughter, and they bring me great joy. And right now, missionary calls just birthed right now, sending calls in this space. Nations are going to come to mind. Neighbors are going to come to mind. Names are going to come to mind. Just begin to minister right now. Holy Spirit, just begin to speak, begin to move, begin to burn their hearts for the lost. And for those that need the fire of God, I ask Holy Spirit, come with your fire right now. Come with your fire right now. Come with your fire right now. So I'm going to do my best to move around. If you're one of the leaders or the prayer team and you need a prayer first, just make sure you grab me. I will pray for you. Then you can help me pray for others. I always say this, don't let your position get in the way of your position. I see too many elders, too many pastors, too many leaders that are like, I need the Father's blessing, but, but I'm on sound today, or I'm the MC, or I'm the pastor's wife, or I'm the pastor's kid, or I'm the elder. No, we've got to become like little children. I mean, like, pray for me tonight as well, you know? I need the fire of God. I want to burn for Him more than ever before. So tonight, I really encourage you, if you need prayer, before you pray for others, please receive it. All right, we're just going to open it up. Just let the Lord minister. Um, do you know that um, Abba song? Abba, I belong. Yeah, just you, you go whatever you want, but I think that'll be good too. Thank you, Jesus. So we're just going to have a prayer meeting for a little while, okay? Thank you, Jesus. 